Hello, and welcome to Friends for Life, a podcast of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod's National Mission. We're here to come alongside you as we journey through life under the cross. What does it look like to care for our neighbors in body and soul? How do we tend to our own body and soul? How can we speak up for life? And finally, how do we share the faith with the next generation? Join us as we have these conversations and learn together. We hope you'll stick around and be our friends for life. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm your host, Steph Nugebauer, here with my good friend, Kelly Liefer. This episode is, of course, part of a larger series on the family. We dedicated a whole episode to fatherhood, and now we get to turn towards motherhood. I knew exactly who I wanted to ask to be my guest today, because if we're talking best practices in motherhood, Kelly has been my go-to for so many things. She's not going to admit this or include this in her introduction, but Kelly is extremely humble. And if you were to watch her as a parent, you'd see a really awesome combo of what it is to be a calm, a gentle, and a patient mom. And she also guides her children with wisdom and excitement and energy. So between her and her husband, Todd, they are a parental powerhouse. Kelly, it's so good to have you here with me. Would you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Oh, it's so good to be here, Steph. I am married to Todd, my fun, energetic um, <laughs> pastor husband, for 16 years already. Wow. Um, we have lived in four different states and served at different churches in all of those states. We have three pretty awesome kids. Um, right now, they are Jack is 13. He's a teenager. That's I can't nuts. believe it. Lucy is our daughter in the middle. She's 11 years old. And Grant, our youngest, is nine. Uh, so they're a pretty fun bunch. They keep us super active and running around and doing all sorts of things. We are currently living in Hales Corners, Wisconsin. We are serving at Hales Corners Lutheran Church, Todd as an associate pastor. And I am currently serving on the Next Gen team. So kind of my past history, I've been a Lutheran school teacher, and then I stayed home for 10 years with my kids. But all while I was staying home, um, I found myself being in different playgroups, mom groups, um, leading Sunday school, leading VBS. Also, I was doing some substitute teaching in a special needs preschool and substitute teaching at our kids' public school. So any chance I could be around kids, I took kids are my passion and I love being around them and teaching them, especially teaching them Jesus. And so now my current role on the Next Gen team, I am blessed to work with kids and families of all different ages and stages of life. Primarily, I'm with children's ministry. So that means I get to help teach Sunday school to our 100 plus kids that come every wow. Sunday. I get to interact with our day school kids in chapels and in the classroom, which is awesome. Um, I get to help plan and lead children's events like Bible events or big community events like trunk or treats. And this past year, I've gotten to serve on the confirmation ministry team too, which means I get to work with some really fun middle school students as they are going through the journey of the catechism and growing in their faith. So it's a pretty fantastic, fantastic situation right now. Yeah, I mean, you just have a really impressive resume when it comes to kids in general, not even to mention who you are and what you do in your own home as a mom, as a parent. Kelly, I know this about you that ever since you were little, being with kids, teaching kids has always been a dream of yours. 
What has surprised you, though, about motherhood that maybe you weren't expecting, even like in your teaching years before kids? Yeah, with um, motherhood, the biggest surprise is that it's filled with surprises. <laughs> it's every day. <laughs> yeah. There are just so many things that you cannot expect. Or one of the first times I can recall being surprised as a parent was when our first born was um, very small and I went out to the store by myself and I was out for a while and came back and I had Cheerios all stuck in my hair <laughs> thinking how many people did I walk by and talk to with Cheerios in my hair. So that was a huge surprise. <laughs> a couple years ago, my I had just put all the kids to bed and sat down at the end of a day, you know, ready to just rest and relax. And then my daughter comes out and she has a comb stuck in her hair. And I'm talking like not just stuck and tangled, but it was her fine hair was rolled and tangled in all different ways. And I have never seen such a knot. And I spent two hours holding her and consoling her and crying with her while Todd was trying to untangle the comb. And Ultimately, the comb won, and we put her to bed and sent her to school with a bow in her hair to cover it up and until we could get a professional to help us get it out and cut it out. <laughs> and we learned a lesson about combs that day. Um, What's another... the lesson? Don't sleep with your comb? Is that the lesson? That, right? She was seeing um, what happened if you like tangled it. I don't know if she was trying to curl her hair or what she was doing, but that was a huge surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last surprise that was coming to my mind was we all got COVID like most did. And a few months after that, our youngest had a really hard time breathing. And ultimately, I ended up taking him to the emergency room um, and sat with him for hours while he was having a hard time breathing until we could be seen. And he um, developed pneumonia. And then after that, developed asthma. And so we've been on this journey of what asthma looks like in him and how to help him best with his newest medical condition. So um, surprises. You don't read about that in baby <laughs> books when you're <laughs> preparing to be a parent. Um, so just I've been surprised that there are so many surprises, but in that, knowing that I'm not in control, but we have an amazing God who is in control of all those surprises and all those situations and learning to not worry about that, that God's got it, all the surprises taken care of. Hmm. Well, there's certainly not surprises to him. And I think that that's what's comforting. And it's something that I'm still learning because I'm behind you in the journey just with kids that are younger than your kids. And uh, I too have been surprised at the surprises and surprised at the uh, conundrums that children just bring into your life by being who they are. <laughs> so <laughs> We could have a whole episode on that. <laughs> totally. Totally we could. That's a spinoff. No, that's good. And I think anyone listening who's a mom or who's taking care of children before or spent any real you know, time with children, probably all nodding their heads in agreement, knowing, yeah, like that. that is what it is. Always prepared for the next thing you can't be prepared for, you know, because right. there's just something exactly. down the pike. Kelly, kind of digging a little bit deeper into this topic of motherhood, I just think about the different sitcoms that are out there, movies that are out there, magazines, 
even social media that exposes us to this idea of what we think moms should be, what our culture seems to be telling us moms should be. And it's overwhelming. And quite frankly, it's hard to keep up with. So what do you see as you as you look out at what you know these things are telling us moms should be and do you find that that jives with what scripture tells us about motherhood and parenting or do you think they're kind of going down two different paths yeah i think the world is telling us often things that definitely don't align um, with what god is telling us and it's easy to fall into those lies and those myths and those untruths The world tells us often that motherhood is really hard and it focuses on all the negative and challenging things of motherhood. And yes, it's hard. And like we kind of just shared, it has its hard moments and surprises, but it doesn't have to be hard. I feel like it's a lot what you make of it and your perspective on it. We know that this world is full of broken relationships and that includes in our own families. So focusing on the fun times and the silly and interesting and blessed times that are in it and not as much of the brokenness and knowing that the world tells us often that we are alone, that motherhood is a very lonely, it can be a very lonely place, but not buying into that lie, just knowing the truth that God is with us every step of the way. He tells us, I'm with you always. We know that that's not true, that we are alone. So surrounding us with people in our lives that help give us that truth and help us focus on the positive Christ-centered truths. Another thing that I think our world does often is it has us compare ourselves to each other. And the comparison game is never a good thing. God created us all so differently with our own strengths, our own interests. I encourage people to just mother in the way that you know how to best. Don't compare and see what that mom over there is doing and be discouraged and feel like you'll never measure up to her, but instead rather look at those moms that are kind of doing life well and surround yourself with them, see what they're doing and see how you can put that into practice in your own family, in your own motherhood journey. Focus on how to be your best and how you're falling short because the reality is that we all are gonna fall short in many ways. Even the most Pinterest perfect mom falls short. I feel like when I think about that too, especially when I am just kind of scrolling through Instagram or Facebook, there's a lot of messaging out there. I think especially because we are we're living in a time where a lot more moms are feeling, you know, flexibility in motherhood, and by that I mean that there's a mix of uh, stay-at-home moms and work part-time moms and stay-at-home the other part-time or full-time working moms. And the pressure is that that I can do all the things, that, that I can be everything and maintain all of this, or at least that's what it looks like on, on the surface. And this overarching message seems to be like, I am enough. What my kids need, I'm enough. And I, I find that to be really not helpful and kind of deceptive because quite frankly, I'm, I'm not enough for my children. <laughs> uh, who I am as a sinful person and as a sinful parent uh, is not everything my kids need. And so the antidote to that would be 
community (laughs) would be church to realize I'm not enough. And so I need to put people around me exactly like you said. I'm not an island. I'm here with other moms. I'm here with other people in my church here to support me and to encourage me. I'm not enough when it comes to those other moms who are doing all of these Pinterest perfect things or making uh, your awesome cakes that you make for your kid's birthday. I can't (laughs) do that. (laughs) That's not my thing. I order them from Walmart, you know. (laughs) And even like when days are a slog and everyone seems sick all the time and it's really hard to have a positive outlook or perspective when you feel like for the hundredth day in a row you're home with a feverish kid I feel like that's part of the answer is to recognize your your neediness in in yourself and to be like Lord uh, help me because I'm not enough and I need your wisdom to carry me and my children through this and to be positive. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. you said, that's a special thing that I see in the Leifer family is that you guys are positive. You have a ton of energy and just like zest for life. And I love that. How do you do it? Yeah, it can be super tricky and we're not perfect at it. You know, you see what you see isn't always how I'm feeling. Um, But we have this sign that in our old house, it was in the kitchen and this house, it's in our bathroom. It's one of the first things I see every morning and try to focus on. And the sign says, start every day with a grateful heart. So I think just that having such a grateful mindset, focus on the blessings rather than the challenges, knowing that the challenges are just temporal. Somebody had once told me, and then I often think of this phrase too, that everything is a phase. So when kids are sick, you know they're not gonna be have their fever forever. Or when potty training gets really tough, you know they're not gonna go to college in diapers. Like yeah. everything is just a phase. So focus on the blessings during that challenging time rather than the negative aspects. And honestly, just learning to give it to God at times, just lean on Him through the struggling moments not to worry about tomorrow. God gives us exactly what we need for today and just focus on that and be grateful for what he has given you today. So that's how we try to live in such a positive way. So maybe we can go out and get that sign that you have for our our house. (laughs) Yes, because that's great. Or find your Pinterest mom and have her make one for you. (laughs) That's right. I thought you were going to say start each day with a cup of coffee. That is what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> you know, when my, it used to be next to my coffee maker in our old house, and my mom did write that on a post it notes <laughs> and next to the sign. So it said, start each day with a grateful heart and a cup of coffee. So uh, you're exactly right. Secret of motherhood right there. <laughs> that's right. Caffeine that doesn't hurt, at least for most people. <laughs> right. Th- these are really good suggestions just from a personal standpoint, but what have you found in the scriptures that God is really urging mothers to do? As you read through the Bible, what do you think God is speaking to mothers and their role as parents? Really, I think just to be faithful. God calls us to raise godly kids, to love God and love others. He tells us in the Psalms to tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord powers, his wonders, all that he'd done. So the next generation would know them and they would in turn tell their children and they would put their trust in God and not forget the deeds, but keep his commands. So 
that's what we are to do as moms too, is just be faithful in that and teach your kids to be faithful. Um, when we look at moms in the Bible, I'm thinking of Hannah and Elizabeth and Sarah and how God has put that desire to be a mom in their heart. And for whatever reason, God made them wait. But during that time of waiting, he had helped them to become so faithful to the point where they promised to make their children faithful too. So when we look at the scriptures, God, that's all God wants. He wants us to love him and trust him and follow him and teach our kids to do the same. Uh, Kelly, obviously this is like your job, but I also feel like you would be doing it even if it weren't your job. And that's sharing Jesus with kids. What are some of your favorite ways to share Jesus, to share the gospel with kids, uh, whether it be kids at church or your own kids in your own home? Yeah, it's so many ways. Um, but I feel like the biggest way, though, that you can share Jesus is just um, modeling it in who you are and in your words, in your actions. Kids are like sponges and they <laughs> pick up on those actions and the words. They learn that that way faster than any other way. So even just modeling to them how to be a kind friend, a kind neighbor, being able to talk to somebody new and being welcoming and inviting to somebody new, um, how to handle tough situations with love and forgiveness. Just modeling those things for kids is just showing them how to be like Jesus. I also love to share Jesus in songs. That is part of my job, but part of a mom too. That's another way kids learn is through songs and repetition and rhymes. So just making it fun, having um, songs that have Bible verses, that have scriptures, that have Christian values. Try to have those on as much as possible. We'll share Jesus and, of course, in devotions and Bible readings. And, you know, life gets super busy, and sometimes that is really tricky to be in, in a consistent rhythm with that. But still trying to make that a priority um, is something that we're always working to do and be better at, too. But such an important part of, of sharing Jesus with those kids. Speaking of modeling Christ to your children and having them watch and catch on and soak up, how do you model for them what it means to even be a family? Like I'm just thinking of your relationship with Todd, not just with your children, but with him. How do you put that into practice in front of your kids, what it is to be uh, just a faithful follower of Jesus and married to, to their father? Yeah, just loving him unconditionally and constantly, just as Christ shows us that unconditional love. You know, we're sinful people in a broken world, and so relationships get tricky, and there's times where you disagree or times when things aren't going as planned. And you're right, the kids are right there watching how you react, how you talk, how you treat the other person. And so really, we're not always perfect at it, but showing them the best way to have disagreements or how to work through a problem and how to get through those tough situations, knowing that you do get through them together and it makes you stronger that sometimes working through those situations is a good thing and a strengthening thing for relationships. It's not always a bad thing. This whole season is focused on the family and different locations within the family. What kind of gap would there be? What would we be missing if God created the family without mothers? What kind of giant gap would be missing in a family if 
moms weren't a part of the picture. I often feel like being a mom is such a privilege. You get to love and connect with your kids in a very special and unique way. You feel their pains and their hurts and their sorrows in such a strong way that I didn't even realize was possible. Mm -hmm. And same thing with their joys. Like you get so excited for their joys and ways that they've succeeded. And I often think that's how God looks at us when we mess up, when we do good things, that's how he feels for us. So I feel like moms can kind of fill that gap of showing Christ's love in such a unique way that not just anybody else can. Again, I'm in the thick of this mothering thing where I shared with you before we came on that that I'm just on like this constant Ferris wheel of illness in our household. And um, with three small kids, um, no one seems to get sick at the same time. And we're all getting sick like a week later from the other person. So we're just always sick in our house. But anyways, so I'm in a place in my life where I feel like every day is very repetitive. It's the same. There's a lot of very mundane activities <laughs> and tasks of motherhood like uh, laundering that still needs to be done and cooking all those traditionally fall on moms but not always how does the gospel the good news that Jesus came into our messiness influence how you approach those daily day in day out tasks of motherhood yeah the gospel definitely just teaches us to live in a life um of unconditional love and unconditional forgiveness. Um, That's what we need to model with our kids. That's how Christ loves and forgives us constantly. We're not perfect. We mess up all the time, but asking for that forgiveness, asking forgiveness from God and forgiveness from your kids when you mess up too, especially during those trying times of being sick and the mundane things, it can get frustrating, it can get challenging, we can sometimes act or speak in a way that's not pleasing, and that's normal, and that happens to everybody, we're sinful, that's just part of it, but learning how to recognize that and owning up to it too when you snap at your kid and then go back to them and say, hey buddy, I'm really sorry, I should not have spoken to you that way, Uh, can you forgive me? So that's showing Christ's humility, too, of how they can love and forgive. And when they mess up, that it's okay to own up to it and ask for forgiveness. We were teaching a lot about that in Sunday school this weekend. We were talking about forgiveness. And we were actually teaching the kids how to ask for forgiveness and how to do an apology in a great way. Because most of the time when we mess up, kids or the world will say, oh, it's okay. But we were teaching them like, it's not okay. It's not okay to hurt somebody or it's not okay if we yell at them. Like that's not how we're called to live. But instead to tell them, I forgive you, show them when they say sorry, then you answer, I forgive you. And then you try and change your heart and see how you can be better. So especially in those mundane situations, try to see how you can make it better. Try not to get caught up in the tasks, but look at it as this is how you're loving your kids right now. That, yeah, I'd much rather be playing a game or going on a hike outside, but doing their laundry and keeping their 
bedding clean or giving them healthy food to try and get them better. Like you're sharing the gospel right there by giving them that unconditional love and meeting their needs in a way that only you can do at that time. Everything we do for our kids, we get to raise these like immortal kids. It's awesome that whatever we're doing for them, whatever we're pouring into them, however we're you know, feeding them or laundering them or providing for their needs, that is a person that's going to live for eternity. How awesome is that? I think the gospel changes our whole entire perspective and approach because the stuff I do today, even the little stuff, even the stuff like changing diapers, getting them clean, this is a person who Jesus loves immensely. He died for them. And not only that, but they're baptized with the faith that they cling to him, they will live on forever. And so nothing's wasted. Nothing is silly. Nothing's mundane. Nothing is like an eye roll of I've done this a thousand times because even though you have done it a thousand times, the reward is that they will be with us in eternal glory. That's awesome. And I'm always learning from better parents than myself. Again, that's a reason I really snatched at the opportunity to have you on because I'm learning from you as we go through this. So Kelly, as we wrap up, what are the joys that are unique to being a mom? And how do you really treasure those and capture those joys? One of the joys is kind of what you just said. Just it is a joy that God is trusting you, trusting me to raise his kids. A joy is watching them grow and become just unique, amazing people that God created them to be. Like you said, we all have our strengths and our weaknesses and our own interests and our own personality. And that is such a joy to watch that develop in our kids. From the time when they're little, you see if they're strong-willed or you see if they're you know, really helpful. My boys are super interested in sports currently. And Back when they first were younger and trying different sports, I kept thinking, great, try any sport except for basketball. Like That was one sport for whatever reason I thought was so boring. They just run back and forth and, you know, I'm like, cool, try anything. Try baseball. That's wonderful. Try swimming. That's great. But God, in his great sense of humor, has developed my boys to have this love of basketball. And the really cool thing is like watching them grow in their love and then learning to take an interest in what your kids are interested in, even if I thought I wasn't interested in it. Basketball has become a really favorite family and loves sport. We can't wait to go watch his games. We can't wait to play basketball with the boys outside. We live in a town with an NBA team right now. Um, yeah, go, go Bucks. Bucks. And we find ourselves, like even just Tad and I, sitting down and watching a Bucks game, even if the kids aren't around. And I thought, oh my goodness, 15, 10 years ago, I never would have thought that I would be doing this. They're Um, just running back and forth. (laughs) So it's such a joy to find joy and love um, in the things that your kids find joy and love in. Joy, a super great joy is just watching them develop into like the good and godly people that you try to raise them to be and watching them make the good choices on their own when they're faced with a tricky situation or um, when they're around somebody that's hard to love and you see them showing God's love to that person. That is a 
huge joy. I often say that kids teach me way more than I could ever teach them. And an example of that was yesterday. I shared with you in a text, Steph, about this story of Grant, who's our nine-year-old, yesterday morning, um, which many moms can probably relate to. It's just a super rushed morning. And often that is not the case in our house. It's usually pretty calm and we're pretty prepared for the day. But we had a really late night the night before. He had his memory verse that he needed to memorize. He, It was his turn to bring home the class stuffed animal and he had to write all about it. And we got home late, so he had to do that in the morning. And he was playing piano for chapel that day. So he had to get his piano books ready and practice his song, all these things. And we talked about that and prepped him at the breakfast table and said, you know, these are the things that you need to do. So we got to do them kind of quickly before school. But for whatever reason, he kept getting distracted and kept getting distracted. And I kept feeling more and more frustrated and anxious. And I finally couldn't take it anymore. And I raised my voice a bit at him and said, buddy, I'm feeling so anxious. You have all these things that you need to do and you can't get keep getting distracted. And he stopped me immediately and said, mom, you're breaking the Bible verse. You're not <laughs> listening to the Bible verse. And I just looked at him and his memory verse that he had been practicing um, was do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, Give your request to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, be in your hearts and your minds. But anyways, that God had given him the boldness to share with me that strong <laughs> message about not being anxious. And that was a huge joy. It stopped me in my tracks immediately. I just let go and gave all those stresses to God and just felt peace, all because of the words of God that came out of the mouth of a babe. So that is a huge joy. Wow. Go Grant. Good for him. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's, that's another area where you're just stellar. And I feel like in that moment, if my child were to correct me with a Bible verse, I'd (laughs) I'd be like, go find a different Bible verse. (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome that you had the humility of heart to be like, you know what? You're right. I, I need to take a deep breath and be calm and parenthood (laughs) is so character forming like there's no way around it and and it's so it's so great it's the way that God has chosen those who are blessed to be parents chosen to to form us and uh, even to chastise us so way to go (laughs) so Kelly just as we're as we're parting here now, you've already given a lot of great advice and a, and a lot of even encouragement, but if there's one thing that you could tell a mom who's desperate for some tools, desperate for some help, what would you say to that mom? I would tell her to surround yourself with a positive community. Find other moms in your church, other moms in your community that have similar Christ-like values as you cling to them, learn from them, um, lean on them. God calls us to be in community with each other. And so also shouting out to those moms who are feeling comfortable in their motherhood journey too, to maybe um, seek out those moms that you see that are struggling to um, kind of be that support network for them too. In Texas, I was blessed to be part of a large MOPS group. So that's mothers of preschoolers. 
And that was a great supportive network of Christian moms and also mentor moms too. We had older moms in the community that were empty nesters or some were grandmas that had gone through the younger motherhood journey. And they were just such gems sharing their wisdom and their love and just their listening ear as us younger moms were going through some of the challenges that younger moms do. So just encourage those moms that are struggling to find that community, find those women that are doing motherhood right and that can point you to Christ. But also a biggest, one of the biggest pieces of motherhood is just knowing that you are not alone, that Christ is with you and pray, 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 pray. That's what gets me through most days. Jesus is always with you, listening to you, being in constant communication with him. Pray about your struggles. Pray for your children. Pray over your children. Pray with your children. Teach them how to pray too so they can grow up being in that constant communication with Christ as well. Kelly, thank you so much for being on today so that I got to share you with our listeners, really, so that other people got to learn from you like I've been blessed to learn from you. It's been awesome to have you on. Thanks, Steph. It's been a really awesome honor. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review. And don't forget to click the follower subscribe button so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram as Friends for Life LCMS. And finally, listeners, we want to hear from you. Do you have an idea about a guest you'd like to hear from or a topic you want talked about? Email us at friendsforlife at lcms.org. We want to hear from you about what you want to hear about when it comes to issues of life. Thanks for joining us. Friends for Life is a podcast that discusses the life God has given and the people he has called you to serve right where you are in God's mission.